Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to the eight. Uh, with this, our second, the eight is our second service here at Saint Mark uh, Coptic Orthodox Church, or Saint Mark Very Portable Rental Church. Uh, so forgive me that we are squeezed in here today, but hey, you know what? This is our growing pains. We're gonna look back at this in a few years, hopefully sooner than later. And but hey, remember when we started and we we're just trying to find any open space just for us to pray together and for us to find the, the, the fullness of life together. So, but you know what, it's okay. We're gonna get through this together. Let me first, by sharing my favorite movie of all times, Mission Impossible. I love Mission Impossible movies. They're amazing, they're amazing. I love the action sequences and the Mission Impossible movies. What gets me like the goosebumps when I feel like I'm a 12 year old boy still, is anytime Tom Cruise gets the phone call, your mission, if you choose to accept. I just love the hype and I love the, like, the plot that's about to be set out when Tom Cruise gets his mission. And every time, regardless of how impossible the mission seems, Tom Cruise always accepts the mission. Why? He understood his role as an agent. He understood that he is called to do the impossible. Not just because it's a movie, but he is called to do the impossible because he understands his role, that he needs to accept the mission, and he, there was nothing that was going to stop him from, from accomplishing that mission. Even though it said, if you choose to accept, he always accepted the mission that was at hand. I'm very excited about this series here at The Aid, which we are starting this summer, a five-part series called Light of Light, Light of Light. Why are we calling this the series called Light of Light? In early Christianity, they wanted to articulate of what are we? Are we just following this rabbi from, from Nazareth named Jesus, or who is he to us? And they, and, and they put so much blood, sweat, and tears of wanting to articulate in a mission statement for followers of Christ, who are we and what is our mission? And they got together in various cities, and they came together formally in the city of Nicaea, which is in modern-day Turkey, in the year 325. And a bunch of, of, of leaders, of followers of Christ, got together in a room, probably bigger than this room, and they said, what are we going to articulate? What are we going to identify as? How can we put who we are... Who is our identity found in God and who Jesus is to us? Who is the Holy Spirit to us? How, what we know as this being a divine truth, how are we going to articulate this in words? And they got together and they put down what we know today as the creed, which we know today as the Nicene Creed, which in many of our books would label it as the Orthodox Creed. But this is still recited by various Christian traditions, maybe with the church next door. I don't know, but it's, it's common in many other church traditions. And I'm, not, I'm saying this in all seriousness. Many evangelical and Protestant and Anglican and Lutheran tr traditions still recite this creed because it is a pivotal point in church history. And for us to realize who are we of describing who God is, who is his son, and who is the third person of God, who is the Holy Spirit. Evangelism is an intimidating word. Evangelism is an intimidating word. For many of us, we think the word evangelism, is that just like the sales department of the church? Like just supposed to recruit other people and like to make the church bigger or to recruit more money? Like maybe some of us, that's, that's our view of what evangelism is. For many of us, including myself, I can grow up thinking this is what evangelism was. <laughs> Seeing billboards like this. And actually this intimidated me to be honest, growing up, and even till today. Or maybe we think evangelism is this. 
And you know what I think how Jesus would view both of these? Where he would ask, what would I do? What would I do? I want to put out this disclaimer. I have two disclaimers for today. The first disclaimer, early Christianity never viewed giving the fullness of life and presenting Jesus, never in this way. And when I was in seminary, they told me the easiest sermon to give, the easiest sermon to give is to instill fear, is to tell them, are you going to heaven or hell? That was the easiest sermon to give. And they would tell me to avoid that at all costs. Because if I'm doing anything just out of fear, if I say, oh, I need to go home, I need to spend time with my wife before she gets mad at me. How far is that going to take me in my marriage? What's motivating me to spend time with my wife is not out of my love for her or my understanding me as my, what's my divine role as a husband, as a servant for me to honor her. That's not what's motivating me. What's motivating me is out of fear. Oh, she's going to get mad at me if I don't do the dishes, so I better do it so I don't hear anything tonight so I can be able to watch sports. I better do my job. <laughs> if that's what's going to motivate me, how far is that going to take me? How far is that going to take me? What is motivating me is just fear. But we forget that it is a relationship of freedom, a relationship of love, which should motivate me in any relationship, in any horizontal relationship, and definitely in this vertical relationship. What I want us to do over the next five weeks, let us simplify Jesus. Simplify him. We make him super complicated, and we make him this wrathful being that has turned so many people away from who he is just by putting up a nice fancy billboard. Where are you going, heaven or hell? I hate to say it, for 1,500, even for, for not, I would want to put a number to it, for a good portion of, of when the church was growing exponentially, this was never the approach to instill fear in anyone. Because this is not who Jesus was. If I want to simplify Jesus, I have to look at who he is. That God wanting to build an intimate relationship with me. He was done sending prophets and kings and judges and various messengers. That God said, you know what? I'm going to put on skin myself and make it crystal clear to, to, to humanity how much I love them, how much I desire to be one with them. And this is why Jesus is such a big deal. And when the early Christians, when the, when the bishops of the early church got together in the year 325 in, in modern-day Turkey, when they were going to articulate who is Jesus— they avoided saying that he was a phenomenal guy, a guy just full of love, and just a great speaker, and, and just loved everyone. They said he is light of light. Knowing how candles work and knowing how light works, if I take two light, two candles, and they come together, you, and I present both, you cannot tell me which one was lit before the other. And you can't tell me which one is, you can't distinct, tell the difference between the two. This is why they wanted to deliver of, of articulating that Jesus is light from light. And this is why in the fourth gospel that we have the record of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, St. John was overwhelmed, overwhelmed with the truth that him seeing that his Savior was not just a great guy, but he is the true light. That he saw the darkness within him, the void, the emptiness inside of him, but he also saw the true light. And when he kept on coming closer to the true light, this is what filled him. And this is what made the church grow exponentially in the first three centuries. And this is why they made a big deal of articulating who Jesus is for them to make a big deal that he's not just a phenomenal God, but he is light of light, that he is true God of true God. In all our minds, I want us to simplify who Jesus is. He is God with skin on him. 
I also want to simplify evangelism. I want to simplify evangelism. A word that you will see written throughout early Christianity, even in scripture, is using the word witness. Using the word witness. Being a witness to something or someone, all you're doing is saying, like, if you were asked to be in court and and you're a witness of a car accident, what are you doing? You're saying, hey, I don't know much things, but I saw this person hit this. Or, you know what? I didn't know anything, but I heard this sound. I heard a big boom. And that's why I'm coming here just to be a witness of what I experienced. That's it. Women and men, I, I don't do this, but maybe some men do this as well. If you're going grocery shopping and you find out like avocados are like three for five dollars, you're not going to keep that news to yourself. You're going to text all the other mothers around saying, hey, Kroger's having a sale on avocados. You're just being a witness of what you experienced, the joy that brought you, and you are just sharing that with others. Simplifying evangelism and not let it be intimidating by billboards and we feel like we're, 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 we're being disrespectful or we're getting in people's way of, 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 of delivering or, or talking about Jesus. Believe me, I get turned on. I get turned off as a priest. I remember going in D.C. I went there to visit some friends, and we went to a baseball game, and there's somebody holding up all these signs, and I was a priest like, whoa. Like, it's intimidating. But this is how we view what evangelism is. But we're not called, not all of us are called to give evangelism in that way because it is based on a relationship. This is why God became relational. What drives evangelism is a relationship. And the third thing I want to add, just because I wanted to add it, simplify life. We're not really talking about it, but I feel for a lot of us, we overcomplicate life. We overcomplicate us thinking. And I'm a big thinker. And we overcomplicate things because we're just draining in our thoughts. And I get it. But I hope for myself and for all of us over the next five weeks, we can kind of simplify who Jesus is, simplify what it means to be a witness and for us to simplify life in general. My second disclaimer. A lot of us are at different stages of life. For some of us, we're curious about who this higher being is, who this divine being is. Maybe we're curious of who this Jesus man is. And I get it, and I respect that. Come as you are. Maybe for some of us, we're looking for something more. Maybe for some of us, we have gotten comfortable of being comfortable, as Father Abraham says. Maybe for some of us, we've gotten so comfortable of being a consumer. What does the church have to offer to me? What does the church have to offer to my kids? Wait, where is liturgy this Sunday? Why is it so long? Why do we always run out of coffee? I hope it's not the case, but... All of us are here at different stages, and I get it. And I love that. But I want us to, regardless of where you are in your walk, to finding more out of life. We should be able to share where we are in that and be a witness of where we are in experiencing that. Saying, hey, you know what? I have 10 billion questions and I have no idea of anything, but I'm a little bit curious about about what is this Jesus man. Or I'm kind of curious of what is this early Christianity? Why is it done this way as opposed to what I see in other churches? Regardless of where you are, we are called to share that and come to Jesus with that and and express that and articulate ourselves wherever we are. Our third core value here at St. Mark Church is for us to become the light. It's for us to become the light, and this is how we describe that. The call to carry the true light to our world applies 
to us just as much as it did to the early Christians. And we have been entrusted to continue to bring his light, not only to our lives, but to our city of Atlanta. I mentioned this right after liturgy today. My biggest fear, my biggest fear, honestly, for myself, first and foremost, and for our church, is that we get comfortable. You know what's comfortable for me? Just to talk to people that I know, people that I'm familiar with, people that, and just checking up on them that come to church. That's comfortable to me because I already know you. You know me. You have an interest coming to church. I have an interest coming to church. You know God. I know God. And it, that's comfortable. That's comfortable. My biggest fear is that I just stay at that state. My biggest fear is that you just stay at that state. I want us to always be pushing for us to be uncomfortable. This is our calling. If we have any interest in knowing who Jesus is, regardless of where you are in your walk and your curiosity of Jesus, we're all called to share wherever we are with him. What I want us to do, regardless, again, regardless of where you are on your walk through him, I want us to understand this divine truth. I want us to bring Jesus the Christ to others. I want us to bring Jesus the Christ to others instead of the other way around, instead of bringing others to Christ. What do I mean by that? First of all, Christ is not Jesus' last name, by the way. And I intentionally put Jesus the Christ. Jesus is his name, is his human name. Christ appoints to, it appoints to his divinity. Christ is just a word meaning he is the chosen one or the anointed. What do I mean that we are called to bring Jesus the Christ to others? Regardless of where you are, I don't care, like, I don't care if you're, you've been born into the church and baptized by the Pope. It doesn't make a difference that we are called to bring Jesus the Christ to others, regardless if we just have a little bit of curiosity of him or that he is our entire life. Regardless, we are called to bring Jesus the Christ to others. We are called to bring the, human, the humanity of Jesus. That he became relatable to regardless of who people were, regardless of their socioeconomic status, regardless of their culture, regardless of their gender. He connected with them. He cared less about labels, and he desired an intimate relationship with every single person. This is the human part. But then he took the humanity and pointed them to something so much more. He pointed to something so much more. He began with small talk. He began by going to leisure groups. He began that way, but then, appointed, then pointed to something so much more saying, actually, there's more to life. Yeah, that's great that you enjoyed the free lunch, but actually, that points to eternal food. I'm great. Thank you for getting the water for me from the well. But you know, actually, there's more water that can quench your thirst for life. He always took something tangible, something small, something human, and allowed it to point to the divine, which is him. We are called to bring Jesus to Christ to others as opposed to others to Christ. Let me show you a perfect example of this. We read in the Gospel of St. Luke, Jesus says this, or we, we, we read this has been recorded by St. Luke. The Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Like St. Luke is recording what occurred as Jesus was wrapping up his ministry on earth that he sent out 20, 72 leaders to various aspects of the world and appointed them and sent them where he was about to go himself, that he appointed them to be an extension of him. He called them to continue to make this movement to rock the world of, 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 of calling people to follow Jesus. 
He sent them ahead. He didn't just say, you know, this is my ministry. I want you to love each other and be kind. No, he says, this movement needs to continue. What I started, you are called to continue. And there will be no end to this. I'm equipping you to continue what I have already started. Now I want to share how this truth that we read from the gospel, how early Christians lived this out. Here is a quote from a monk. We think, we think of the monastic life. We think they're the ones that just you know, want to avoid people and just kind of stay in their own little bubble. And just, you know, they just do their whole God thing, their whole, their whole church thing just by themselves. This is what one Coptic monk said. He goes by the name of St. Macarius the Great. He says this. The apostles, being themselves light, administered light to others, enlightening their hearts with that heavenly light of the Spirit by which they were themselves enlightened. A monk who hardly sees any human people not wearing what I'm wearing. And he understood that the apostles received light. They were being light themselves, and they gave that light to others. They understood their calling, and we are called to do the same. The early church, by the way, wasn't just called, uh, you know, we're the church of God. Or it wasn't even called an orthodox church in the beginning centuries. How they described this church, this dynamic body. They said, you know what? In the creed, in our mission statement as early Christian followers, this is how we articulate who we are as a church. We are going to say that we are a one church. We are a holy church. We are an all-encompassing Catholic universal church. And we are a apostolic church. Them being intentional but adding the word apostolic means of them moving forward. Apostle just means that you are a messenger, being a witness of what you experienced and giving it to others. You don't have to be articulate in words. You don't have to dress what I'm dressing. You don't have to say, listen, you know what? I don't understand the whole church thing or the God thing, but I know when I do go and when I do pursue him and when I do come with him with my hunger, I'm a better person. I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. That's it. I, I, it's, I, I try to keep it simple. I'm not a complicated person. I don't understand a lot, but I know I'm a better person because it taps into something that I know inside of me. It taps into a hunger, a curiosity for wanting more out of life. We are called to be an apostolic church, continuing what Jesus started, what Jesus gave to 72 other leaders and what those 72 leaders have asked us to continue to do. If I were to give a performance review for Jesus, you know, after that, that I, if, I, if I want to give a per- performance review after that er- very early Sunday morning, I would say uh, you didn't do the hottest job in the world. Like probably just a year and a half ago, he had 10,000 people following him. 10,000 people following him. And that Sunday morning, nobody was standing outside the tomb, counting down from 10 backward, waiting for the resurrection. Nobody was doing that. So if I were to just purely focus on the results of Jesus' life, on what his mission was supposed to accomplish, I would say he was highly unsuccessful. I would say that he was highly unsuccessful. But he accomplished one thing that we are called to do ourselves, which is being one link in a chain. What do I mean by that? Jesus planted seeds. And then he said, you seek the truth yourself. And when you do find the truth, that will set you free. I cannot force you to do anything. I cannot force you. If I do, that's slavery, and that's not embedded in the definition of divine love. But you are called to do as you wish. 
But if you seek the truth, this is what you will set you free. And we are called to be one link, one seed, and planting in someone. No one here is, 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 maybe, but go along with this. You just extending a greeting, a hug, a welcome to somebody maybe you've never seen before, that maybe have decided to come to church today. Or maybe somebody at, at work that no one really talks to, and you decide to say, hey, you want to grab some coffee? Or you just ask them how things are going at home. Whatever the case might be. Are, are they going to be saved? Are they going to be baptized the following Sunday? No. But you being that link, you have no idea where that will lead. You have no idea where that will lead. I'm called to be one link. You're called to be one link. And as I do my job of being apostolic, of just, of, of just extending a warm welcome, a love, a greeting, just being there present with someone, just shooting up a text, or better, face-to-face. That's one person. And then someone else next to them greets them and loves them and cherishes them and accepts them unconditionally. And then somebody else does the same. This is what makes an impact. This is how a body works. It's not, hey, Father Nathaniel, I think there's somebody new at church. You know, you might want to reach them. Hey, can I tell you, text you a number of somebody you need to call? Hey, I'm human just like you. Let's do this together. I am called to be part of the apostolic church just as much as you are called to be part of the apostolic church. We're all called to do this together. I have one small chain in this reaction that I have to focus on. You have one small chain to focus on as well. But sometimes we say, we look at it and say, ah, bringing someone to Christ, that's so intimidating. I don't even know where I am with Jesus. Why would I, like, that's intimidating. Let me leave that to people that wear black dresses. That's not my job. Let me leave that to other people. That's not my job. And we just leave it at that. We use it as a cop-out. Because maybe we're intimidated. But if I embrace to know that I am called to plant one seed, that I am just one link in the chain, this is what should give me hope. In our ancient prayers, in our pre-denominational prayers, we chant one hymn for St. Mark the Apostle. St. Mark the Apostle was an apostle, was a messenger, was a witness that just planted one chain, one seed in the land of Egypt. He just planted one seed in the land of Egypt. And he began with one conversation with someone that was fixing his shoe. And that next person became the next leader for the church. But that just began with a small talk, just small talk about, hey, do you mind fixing my shoe? It began something, something small. And that's how the church grew, just by some small conversation, one small seed, one small coffee get together. One hug. That's all it took. And we say this about St. Mark 2,000 years later from what he planted in Egypt. We say this in the doxology, which is us honoring him. We say, you brought us out of darkness. We say this about St. Mark. You brought us out of darkness into the true light. And you fed us the bread of life, which comes down from heaven. Let me repeat that again. As we honor St. Mark the Apostle, the one who was the witness who was called on a mission to be one chain and bring it to the land of Egypt. He says, you brought us out of darkness, St. Mark, and you brought us into the true light. You fed us the bread of life, which comes down from heaven. And especially us being St. Mark Church, we are called to do the same. Like imagine for us to be said that, put your name, say for somebody to say, you know what? You brought me out of darkness. You're one chain that brought me out of darkness into the light. And you came down and, and, and you brought us the bread of life. Somebody's to say that about you. You might say, whoa, who would ever say that about me? It could be as simple as a conversation with somebody. It could be just a hug. It could just be a text. It could be whatever the case might be. 
But we, we, we think, oh, since I'm not baptizing anybody, that's for somebody else. I mean, that's intimidating. And we say, oh, if I just text her, it's a hug, or if I just greet that person, that's not, that's not going to make an impact. Who are we to make that call? Who are we to make that call? We're called to continue exactly what Jesus started. And we're not in a position to say what is big and what is small. I have one small role to, 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 to share one small thing. But then you are called to continue to bring that out to others. St. Paul, who was a terrorist. St. Paul the Apostle, who was a terrorist, who became one of the greatest missionaries on planet Earth. He said this. For when I preach the gospel... I cannot boast. I cannot say I'm all that because what I'm preaching. Since I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe to me if I do not preach. What is woe to me if I don't preach the gospel? He said, I'm incomplete. I'm saddened. I'm grieved if I do not preach the gospel. He understood his mission. That he's saying, this, like, in order for me to not just to be a fan of Jesus, but for me to be a follower, to intentionally pursue him, this requires me to share what I experienced with Jesus and share that with others. And he was extremely vulnerable in his letters that he wrote. He never wrote letters to, to Corinth or to the city of Rome or to the Galatians. He never said, you heathens, you heretics, you need to go confess your sins, you horrible people. He said, listen. He said at one point, he says, I, I do things which I don't even understand how I do it. I struggle with things which I look back and I say, how did I get myself in that position? This is him being vulnerable in a letter that he wrote to early Christians to empower them, to showing his vulnerability. He's just sharing what he experienced and he's wanting to share that to other, others. What he received, he's saying, I, I don't get a lot, but I know I'm struggling. But you know, when I do pursue God, I'm a better person. I'm a better man when I do. And this is what he shared and this is what rocked the world. Let me share one small confession. I, you hardly, I hopefully hardly, you hardly ever hear me say the words mission church. Mission church. I hate the word mission church, to be honest. Why? So we will say, oh, hey, you know, do you want to say Mark church? Are you a part of the mission church? Mission is part of anyone who has any curiosity or affiliation with this man right here. Mission is integrated, is embodied in any type of curiosity or wherever I am with Jesus. Because mission is mean, I, 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 I take any curiosity one step toward him and I'm called to bring that out to others. I'm never called to be content and just be a consumer. I'm never called to just be a consumer. I'm called to be a mission of exactly what I received or what I am experiencing, or with my struggle, wherever I am with Jesus, I'm called to be a witness to that. I'm called to, uh, to be on a mission to share that with others, to bring Jesus the Christ to others. So every single church is a mission church in some way or another. And that all looks very different for every church because that's embodied on what it means to be a follower of Jesus, is to be a mission church. The church is never intended to be just comfortable and for us just to find an open space just for us to, you know, hear a nice word and have, and have communion and have a cup of coffee. That's never the mission. And I hate to break it to you if that's your first time hearing that. We are never called to do that. We are called to be uncomfortable. We're called to be missionaries. But we think of the word missionaries, we think of Father Abraham, we think of Zambia. I'm not going, no. You're a missionary tomorrow morning at work. You're a missionary on who you greet today. Or are you going to say in your own little bubble? For those who are going to the leisure group, you are called to be on a mission. Just having face-to-face, eye-to-eye contact. And don't hate me. Maybe that means putting the phone away. 
and embracing each other and being present in the moment. Maybe that's how I'm a missionary. That is just as much a missionary as Father Abraham. That is just as much a missionary as St. Mark the Apostle. Zero difference. Zero difference. Because they never saw, they never said what is big, what is small. They said, I'm called to plant a seed. That's it. I'm one part, I'm one person in this chain that might impact somebody. Let me ask you a question. Have you thought about what would Atlanta look like 10 years from now? What will this area look like 10 years from now? If all of us push ourselves to be uncomfortable, push ourselves to get away from the consumer mentality, and we come and say, I'm here. I don't know a lot of answers to a lot of things. I'm still broken. I'm still struggling. But you know what? I can share that with somebody. I can extend love to somebody. I can open up with somebody. I can go to a leisure group. I can plan a leisure group. I can kind of, I see someone, no one talking to that person. I can go and give that person a hug. I don't have it all together. I still have tons of questions. I still have a lot of confusion, but I can still do that. Imagine what Atlanta would look like if we did that. Imagine what, where we, what Atlanta would look like 10 years from now. Like, I love to dream big about that and think about that for a second. You know what motivates me too as a priest? And I want this to motivate you as well. That there will be people that I will meet in heaven. And they would say, you know, Father Nathaniel, I'm here because of you. I'm here because of you. I don't remember a single thing you ever said, Father Abraham. But you know what? You gave me a hug one time. Or you texted me one time. Or you just gave me a smile one time. And that, that was just one chain that kind of led me to be curious and want to move forward in different things. I want people to say that. I want someone to tap me in heaven and tell me that. And I want that to happen to you as well. No one, <laughs> tomorrow morning, you're not going to remember what the A was about. No one's going to remember. But you can make an impact by just your love and you being a light from the true light. You can be a light to, to yourself. You can be a light to someone else just by us tapping ourselves into the true light. My mission, if I choose to accept, is not to be a consumer. My mission, if I choose to accept, is not for me to be content. My mission, if I choose to accept, is not for me just to be comfortable. My mission, if I choose to accept, is not saying, what is the church doing for me? What is the church doing for my kids? What is it? My mission, if I choose to accept, what can I do to bring a light to others? What can I do to, 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 to bring myself from darkness to light? What can I do to share that with others? What are my gifts that God has given me from above that I'm called to share with others? This is my mission if I choose to accept. Your mission, if you choose to accept, your mission, if you have any curiosity in who Jesus is, regardless of where you are with him, you are called to be his light in one way or another. Over the next four weeks, we're going to get down and dirty and talk about what that actually looks like. Right now, it's kind of been theoretical as far as what that looks like to be a light. But this is what we'll do for the next four weeks. What does it mean and what does it look like to be a light to others? If this is the mission that I choose to accept. Our mission statement here at San Mark Church, we exist to connect people to the fullness of life. Found in Jesus Christ following the ancient faith of the Orthodox Church. This is why we exist as a church. This is why you are here. And I, call, and I pray that we push ourselves to be uncomfortable and to be a light to others. As we look at the light who is from the true life. Let's stand up for a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen.
Lord, you have called us your beloved children. And Lord, all of us are at different stages of life. All of us are coming with our weights and our issue, our problem, whatever the case might be. But Lord, help us to always push beyond that for us to continue to find healing for ourselves and to share that with others and to just extend your love toward others. We are a witness of how us pursuing you has made us better at life. And we just want to share that with others in one way or another. Give us the, 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 the perseverance and the strength to do that. But most importantly, help us to realize at least for this week that this is part of my calling. This is part of the package if I have any interest in knowing who Jesus is. Through the prayers of St. Mark the Apostle, the missionary, Lord, hear us as we pray together saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but the us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever. Amen.